0: Hi uh, Sophia, do you have a minute? Hi France, sure, what's up? Well, there's this loan transaction I'm currently working on and the client asks me if there is a dark something angle to it.
1: <laughs> I guess you mean DAC 6. Well, does it involve related or unrelated parties? And do you know where the lender is resident for tax purposes?
0: Uh, sorry Sophia, but why all those questions?
1: Well, I'm just checking whether the transaction falls within one of the hallmarks of DAC 6.
0: Wait, what are hallmarks? Well, hallmarks are a list of
1: criteria set out in the DAC6 law, which are supposed to be indicators that a transaction involves aggressive tax planning. You need to look at that list to identify whether a transaction is reportable under DAC6. They are listed in categories from A to E, and some of them involve pretty broad concepts which are not defined in the law.
0: So I guess that interpretation skills are required.
1: Oh yes. And you will be surprised how different tax advisors in different member states come to different conclusions. It can be difficult to manage for clients.
0: I see. But coming back to your question and to my issue with the loan agreement, actually, the lender and the borrower are unrelated parties to this transaction.
1: I see. Well, that's good news. This is how we can eliminate, for instance, Hallmark C1, which only applies to associated enterprises. But the remaining Hallmarks could still apply, though. But if you want, we can take a look at this together.
0: Oh, that would be great, Sophia. Your second question was around tax residency of the parties, right? So in my transaction, both the lender and the borrower are Luxembourg tax resident sales, so private limited liability companies.
1: You should have told me this first. If there is no nexus with a country other than Luxembourg, the loan transaction should generally not be reportable at all, because there is no cross-border element to it.
0: Okay. So let me summarize, is my understanding correct that DAC 6 is only about transactions that come within the scope of one of the hallmarks and that are cross-border?
1: Fast learner. So you need, first of all, an arrangement, and this, by the way, is an undefined term, but encompasses transactions such as lending transactions. Second, you need that arrangement to be cross-border. And third, the cross-border arrangement needs to fall within one of the hallmarks I mentioned before.
0: Okay, cool. So, what is actually a cross-border arrangement?
1: It's basically a transaction involving a Luxembourg entity and a foreign entity, including those outside of the
0: EU. It sounds like a pretty broad concept. So, I need an arrangement and I need it to be cross-border. And then you mentioned that this cross-border arrangement needs to fall within one of the hallmarks, right?
1: Exactly. There is an annex to the law with two or three pages of hallmarks or specific criteria, if you wish. And you need to look at them one by one.
0: Sophia, I need to get back to the client rather swiftly. Would you mind just briefly explaining them to me? Uh, No, you should
1: really read them on your own to get a full picture. But I can give you some examples if you want. For instance, other hallmarks relate to acquisition of loss-making companies claiming deductions for depreciation twice in different countries or arrangements aiming at hiding beneficial owners.
0: What I am taking away from our discussion is that a lending transaction between two unrelated Luxembourg sales should generally not be reportable under DAX6. So let's change the facts slightly and let's assume for a second that the lender is tax resident in the UK And the borrower is still a Luxembourg resident Saar. So in that case, would you automatically conclude that this is a reportable cross-border arrangement under DAX6? I mean, clearly, there's a cross-border element to the transaction. No,
1: because although there is a cross-border element to this transaction, it does not necessarily mean that the loan agreement falls within the scope of any of the hallmarks. Surely the UK lender is fully taxable in the UK, and interest payments, which the Luxembourg is able to deduct for tax purposes, do not benefit from any special tax regime in the UK, in which case there is nothing wrong with this loan agreement. It's not reportable.
0: Well, the fact that the UK lender is a fully taxable entity seems to be important for your analysis. Would your analysis change if the lender was resident in a country that does not levy corporate income tax or that does, but at a zero or close to zero rate?
1: Well, it's not that straightforward. Every country's fiscal sovereignty allows them to decide whether or not they want to levy corporate income taxes or taxes at all. So it's not enough that the lender is tax resident in a zero corporate income tax country for the loan agreement to be necessarily reportable under DAC6. In this case, the arrangement would have to satisfy the so-called main benefit test on top. In other words, certain hallmarks, but not all, require the main benefit test to be met.
0: So, the main benefit test. Now, what does that mean?
1: Well, Franz, that means that in order to be reportable, the main benefit for your client of putting in place this loan agreement with the lender would need to have been getting a tax advantage.
0: Hmm, I'm not sure I get the idea. How do you know whether the main benefit was to obtain a tax advantage? Well, just
1: remember for now that if the arrangement does not go against the spirit of tax legislation, you should have good arguments that the main benefit test is not met.
0: OK, OK. Understood. And what if the lender was tax resident in a blacklisted jurisdiction, uh, such as uh, Panama?
1: Well, that's different again, because Panama is on the EU's blacklist of non cooperative territories. There is this assumption that if the lender is in Panama or any other blacklisted country, that's potentially for tax reasons. That's why in this case there is no requirement to satisfy the main benefit test. The mere fact that the lender is resident in Panama is sufficient to trigger a DAC-6 reporting.
0: Well, Sophia, as always, you end up convincing me. I really think I need to take a closer look at the list of hallmarks, and I will actually pay particular attention to those of the hallmarks which do not require the main benefit test to be met. Um, I understand that in those cases, the threshold for triggering the reporting obligation is much lower.
1: Yes, that's a very good idea indeed. You should definitely do so.
0: Right. So... Although we've established that the loan transaction I just asked you about is not reportable under Duck 6 would you have another minute, Sophia? There's still some blurry elements to this whole DAG6 law I wanted to discuss with you. Sure, France, of course. So, let's assume that I've established that there is a reportable cross-border arrangement. How do I know who has to report it? so the basic
1: principle is that intermediaries are in charge of reporting obligations
0: Uh, let's slow down a little bit here sophia what is this concept of intermediaries all about
1: it's a pretty broad concept you know but we can summarize it as any kind of advisor or other person who designs or creates such cross-border arrangement or who assists with its implementation there are so-called primary intermediaries who had an active role in the conception of the reportable arrangement, let's say, for example, tax advisory firms. But there are also so-called secondary intermediaries who merely had a passive role and... You uh, kn-
0: sorry to interrupt you there, Sophia. How can you have a passive role in the implementation of a reportable cross-border arrangement?
1: Well, this is when a person did not actively design the arrangement per se, but they helped in its design or implementation. That's, for instance, the case of mm, corporate service providers and, you know, based on all facts and circumstances, they were actually expected to know that they were involved in helping put in place a reportable arrangement. So therefore, both primary and secondary intermediaries are bound by reporting obligations under DAC6. Okay,
0: so looking at ourselves, Sophia, it sounds to me as if lawyers are always intermediaries.
1: Well, not always, it depends. You know, certain lawyers will most probably be intermediaries, but certain other lawyers may well not be aware and may well not be expected to know that they are helping put in place a cross-border reportable arrangement, in which case they won't be intermediaries. But, you know, as usual, it's always based on facts and circumstances.
0: Well, Sophia, I, I have this close friend who told me that a Luxembourgish lawyer should actually never worry about DAC6 reporting obligations simply because lawyers are not caught by the DAX-6 legislation.
1: Mm, that's not quite right, you know. Lawyers in Luxembourg, just as other members of regulated professions, such as chartered accountants or auditors, are exempt from DAX-6 obligations by law due to their professional secrecy. They may well be intermediaries, but they are not allowed to report directly to the Luxembourg tax authorities. If a Luxembourgish lawyer realises that he or she has been involved as intermediary in a cross-border reportable arrangement, They have to first locate any other non-exempt intermediary who was involved in the arrangement and notify them of their reporting obligation. However, if there are no other non-exempt intermediaries involved, the Luxembourgish lawyer is then obliged to notify their client, so the relevant taxpayer, of their own obligation to report.
0: And Could you think of a scenario where there is a reportable cross-border arrangement, but there's no intermediary involved?
1: Well, of course, look, certain clients have internal tax departments, and sometimes they do not involve external tax advisors. In that case, those taxpayers have to report themselves to the Luxembourg tax authorities.
0: Thank you very much for all the helpful insights, Sophia. Just to finish off, is there a specific reporting deadline I should keep in mind?
1: Yes, there is. The general reporting deadline you should keep in mind is 30 days. The starting point of the reporting deadline is not necessarily the closing date of the transaction, though. It can be earlier than that.
0: So the earlier you look at the matter from a DAC6 perspective, the better, I guess.
1: Absolutely. You should start making your assessment as soon as you receive the information on a new matter.
0: Makes sense. Where would intermediaries that do not benefit from a reporting exemption under the DAC6 actually report information?
1: The reporting in Luxembourg should be made to the Luxembourg Direct Tax Administration. And there is this online platform on myguichet.lu,
0: which is quite easy to use. And are there any sanctions uh, I should be aware of that may apply in case of non-compliance with the DAC6 rules? Yes, of course.
1: There are penalties of up to €250,000 in case of non-compliance with DAC6 legislation. So you'd better take this topic seriously.
0: Now I understand why people are so worried about DAC6. We have focused a lot on details, but what I was also wondering about is why this is all required from a more general perspective? Do you know?
1: Well, you know, Franz, the objective of DAC6 is to exchange information on reportable cross-border arrangements between tax authorities with the aim of closing loopholes in the tax systems.
0: Very clear. Looking into the future, do you think this is the last episode of the DAC series?
1: (laughs) No, I don't think so. DAX 7 is already on its way. It targets transparency rules for revenues generated by sellers on digital platforms, whether the platform is located in the EU or not. But look, I would love to tell you more about it, but I really need to attend a conference call right now. And guess what? It's about DAX 6.
0: Oh, good luck, Sophia. And thank you again.
1: Thanks, Rand. See you later.
0: Bye.